Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the newest books in the X-Men line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by the, the, the wandering lost child Mango or... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna put that. There's a relevant joke for the kids. Oh man, it's keeping it hip, keeping it cool here on Donna Vex. I am Josh, and uh, yeah, I'm lost, man, because I'm much, I'm lost like the other Josh in New Mutants. I'm just <laughs> hanging out, yeah, just hanging out. Hope everyone appreciates my '90s SNL reference. So, uh, I wonder if Mango holds up. <laughs> I guarantee it's in some way offensive. Uh, <laughs> If you ever go back and just watch 80s and 90s SNL or Mad TV, you're like, yeah, that's not a good joke. Oh, my God. No, it's pretty pretty bad. (laughs) So today we're talking about Cable, New Mutants, X-Force, and X-Men Legends. Boom. Um, So before we get to that, Josh, how you been, man? I've been all right, man. Thanks for asking. Did you enjoy the new uh, Venom trailer from last week? Did it get you excited? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I did. I did enjoy the first one. I mean, I don't like it, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, and I love fucking what's his name? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Thank you. I love Tom Hardy so much that I can't remember his name. Um, but I really, I was sold until fucking. Woody Harrelson shows up and I for, I was like, oh, fuck. I forgot what a fucking idiotic thing this looks like. I mean, at least they gave him a better wig. The wig at the end of the credit scene made me laugh out loud me in too. the theater when I saw it. I'm like, wait, so what's on his head? Why yeah. is he fucking Sideshow Bob? Like, what I just, exactly. I, I, I mean, I don't... I like Carnage, the symbiote drawing, because it's cool, but I do not like that character i think he's stupid i hate I, he, I find him annoying more than anything mm. else so i guess woody harrelson is a good one to play him but like i just i don't see it you know like I, I just i don't see him as menacing in any way yeah i mean from what i view carnage like uh was it cletus cassidy, cassidy yes right? Cap, yeah. yeah cletus cletus cletus, Cl- cletus cassidy like i imagine actually like jim carrey like something kind of like face. that yes yes yeah. like that I, I told you before we started recording i started rereading maximum carnage and yeah that's kind of what he's drawn like a little bit too like he does kind of look like jim carrey which makes sense because the 90s he was huge and everything was he though was this because that jim carrey uh, yeah in the 90s no 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 i meant like, did maximum carnage come out before ace ventura or after i don't know because Maximum Carnage is pretty early 90s. Well, it's always like the mask and stuff like that. Was it? I don't know anything. It's all one big decade. Yeah, of mistakes. Oh, it's all crammed um, together. Yeah, I felt the same. I watched a trailer and like, I don't know what I was expecting because Andy Circus <laughs> is directing and he is a good director. And I was like hoping for a different feel. And the opening scene, I'm like, nope, it feels just like the last movie, which take it or leave it. Yeah, um, it's very much not a venom i recognize in any way no, it's not no, no, no. it's not an eddie brock i recognize in any way so i guess it's fine that it would be a cletus i don't recognize in any way too 
Well, what I love is how Marvel Studios is so much at arm's length with this so far. Where like Sony's like, oh, check it out in association with Marvel. And if you look in the background of the cop, he has like a, a newspaper from the incident in New York. Like it's fucking Netflix. And like when um, Carnage mentions there's no heroes, he crushes a spider. That's all he can do though. <laughs> like, yeah, that's all That's all they'll give you on this one. Yeah, they Spider-Man live in California home. where no superhero lives. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man, we'll give, you, we'll give you fucking Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> Venom, We'll give you a, a headline. We'll give you a newspaper that says Avengers folded. So it doesn't even guarantee it says Avengers. Yeah. But it does say okay. Daily Bugle. Okay. Well, there's that. There's yeah. that. Well, why wait? Why he's in San Francisco? Why is he reading the Daily like, Bugle? The cop that's one of the antagonists in the movie has like newspapers on his wall. Oh, okay. But, I yeah. didn't see I didn't look that closely. I saw like on a video, like, you know, things you missed kind of video. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't like the first one. Like, there's some, there's some, but all in all, it was a very, it's a very early 2000 superhero movie when they didn't know how to handle superheroes. Yes, except that's, it was made. Yes, except it was made just a couple years ago. Yeah, there's, there's a handful of superhero movies, like movies in this genre that I'm like, that came out in the wrong decade. Yes. Like, I feel like I think we've mentioned before, I don't know if on this podcast, but like Watchmen would be more impactful today in theaters if it came out when it did, like, you know, a little over 10 years ago. Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah. I think Venom's the same. Venom came out in early 2000, like 2002. Venom came out. It would be uh, huge. I mean, it's already a successful movie, but it would have been looked at way better. Yeah, it would have been. It would have. It wouldn't have been like, did you did you know how much money that made? Like people like being kind of shocked that venom made a lot of money in the box office to being like hell yeah man i saw that three times yeah no venom and like suicide squad both made obnoxious amount of money that it yeah. did not deserve to make yeah that is pretty wild pretty fucking wild there is a movie i'm pretty excited to watch uh, you won't be shocked it's the newest Zack snyder movie army of the dead oh yeah but it's actually getting like all around good reviews that's just like good action zombie movie about these people have to get into zombie infested vegas and break into a vault and steal yeah. some money i know it sounds it's, fun it does honestly like every time i hear the plot i'm like oh that sounds cool and then they're like Zack snyder i'm like oh so it's gonna be like really serious and boring <laughs> from every review i watch is that nope it's really fucking fun okay that's all I hear. That's a really fun ride. Like some people say, like, if you can go to a theater, you should watch it in a theater because it has a limited run. In oh, theaters. interesting. True. Yeah. And what's, I think it's on Netflix later this week. And yeah, I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check that one out, especially yeah. if it's not supposed to be like standard Zack Snyder, like melancholy shit. Well, have you seen Dawn of the Dead? I think I that's did. like his first movie. Yeah, I think I did. I don't remember. Dawn of the Dead's really good. Yeah, I must have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must have seen it. Anywho, back anyway. to X Men. Oh yeah, Magneto's uh, going to jail. X-Men. Yeah, what's going on with that? What happened? I missed everything. Uh, I don't know. All I saw was the headline of in August, I believe, is the trial of Magneto. Yeah, and I'm Dude. like, all right. And all it says is a murder happens at the Hellfire Gala. And I'm like, Oof. a murder of a human? Probably. Like probably because it's happening, I guess, next month, I think. 
Yeah, and, no. I mean, they're, they're laying that groundwork now, right? In one yeah. of the books where they keep talking about, what about killing people? What if we well, could do that? That and also the Hellfire guy, like, I really am excited to see what it actually is. I know. It sounds like it's about to become like a fucking, like, uh, like a whodunit. Yeah, that'd be really fun, actually. <laughs> like, if it's like legitimately like the X Men version of Clue, that'd be fucking cool as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the so movie that's, that's... or the board game, frankly. I don't care. Yeah. So we don't have much information because obviously it'll probably spoil whatever happens in the event. But yeah, I'm excited about that. That's cool. That's a book. Yeah. I think it's ironic he's getting a trial of Magneto during a time where he's probably the nicest he's ever been. Right? He's got to be... Like, this is probably going to be the thing that sets him bad again, right? Like, you know, I tried to be good and y'all still put me on trial. So fuck it, I'm going to be bad. Well, there's a really good run um, that took place... It was like during Bendez's Uncanny run. Okay. Where it was all about Magneto just traveling the country and killing anyone who hurt mutants, like people he already knew hurt mutants. Yeah. So like he'd be sitting at a bar and like, like the the picture pans out and you see this guy with like a bunch of fucking stop signs and shit like that in his mouth. Oh wow. And I'm like, this is badass. I mean, like he made his helmet out of barbed wire and it was like it was really cool. I can't remember who wrote it. Like, uh, Colin Bunn, I think is. Oh name. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a like one trade worth of thing, and it's hmm. really good. Is it canon? I wonder. Like, is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was during the, like he wore the costume he had okay. during Uncanny. All right. And cool. yeah, if if you guys haven't read it, just call Magneto. And it's really good. It's called just call Magneto. <laughs> it's called just call Magneto. Yep. <laughs> Die one eight hundred Magneto. He come kill you. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's get started with. Cable number ten. If Easily anyone my... would have, if anyone would have a, a hotline to come kill people, it would be Cable. Yes. Um, easily my favorite issue of this batch. Um, uh, mine too, actually. I think it has a lot of things I've been curious about since the beginning of this version of Cable. Had a really great surprise at the end. I feel, and it kind of brought a lot of story beats together for me. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get started. Cable is about to attack Xavier's house. <laughs> or I think he said he was just like a like a gas bomb to knock him out. So he yes. steals Cerebro. Yes. And Emma stops him and is like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> this whole time they're right outside Xavier's house. Yes. Which I love. I love it too, especially for the, the payoff panel. Yeah, so Cable explains the situation with Strife and how he wants to bring back the original Cable. And this is worth the story beat while I was curious about, where he acknowledges that he did the wrong thing going back in time and killing himself instead of staying in his timeline, fighting that Strife and keeping things correct. Yes. I like that. It's really cool. I I appreciated that too, yeah. So as Emma's saying, we'll find a different way. We'll talk to Scott. They both leave and (laughs) Xavier just walks out hello hmm <laughs> it's it's such a like the art i, I love phil noto's art in this so yes. much but that art is like it's so goofy because it's a treehouse, and he's so small in it too you know like it's just <laughs> it's so funny because it's just it's such a comedic thing to me like it's wonderful but is it in that exchange where they kind of bring up the resurrection protocol of the cable thing 
because like it, that i kind of like i kind of didn't think about that because i'm so used to just cable being a time traveler <laughs> i kept thinking like he's just like no he's, i'm just gonna pull him in from a different time i didn't i didn't even dawn on me that they'd be like we could just resurrect him because you literally killed him so we can bring him back i did i did i never looked at it that way too but there's a line right at the very beginning that i really liked um more important than how you kill cable is when you kill cable oh i know that's gonna be i can't wait to see what exactly what that means yeah i really really like that um so yeah next part we have cable trying to talk to cyclops about the situation with his other version of himself but he says we have an issue in england we have to go there see what's going on we'll talk on the way so they get to a bar in london and they bump into mutants from akaro Oh, they yeah, they were called there because they got they got an alert. Yes, that, sorry. Yeah, I yeah, bumped yeah. Into it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and these two mutants don't really give a fuck about their rules. They're basically holding everyone in the bar hostage while they have fun. Uh, I forgot their names. I uh, do too. Um, I'll I'll look it up if you want to keep going. Sure. Um, so while they're arguing these two mutants, it seems okay, one it. of You're them ready? has super. Wait, what was that? All right, I got him. Go for it. All right. So the big one is Caster, and the little one is Pollux. So Pollux can shoot like light. It seems like light beams. Light beams that also look like saws. Yes. And Caster has super strength. Yes. Um, Cable hits Pollux with like this, <laughs> not the side, but like the flat end of the sword. <laughs> the broadside. <laughs> is that what they call it? Yeah. And just smacks her with it. During this whole fight, Cable and Cyclops are having a conversation about what he wants to do. And of course, Cyclops is like, no, you're not going to switch places. You're not going to die. We can, you're the Cable. You deserve the spot. Which I was a little surprised where Cyclops says, like, he had his time. Yeah. But, but I totally get it, though, because this is Cyclops' chance to do better than he did before. <laughs> like, he's given a, a a second chance at something no one has ever given a second chance at, which is yeah. being a parent, and he doesn't want to lose it. So eventually, they knock out uh, both the mutants while they're still arguing about what the hell's going on. But Cyclops basically says, "Over my dead body, you're gonna do this. You're not gonna. I'm gonna try and add you to the X Men. That's what you should be doing." Yeah. Cable's not sold on that. So then we get to the future. Well, we have a whole page, which I don't know what this page is supposed to be coming from, but it's kind of a whole page talking about Cable's history during this run and kind of explaining. But I'm like, you know how every data page has a reason to be there, like the log book of the X desk or logs from Beast. This is just a page. Yeah, it's definitely from, I mean, looking at the size, it looks like it's, from kid cable that's that's my one downside about this issue this page because a lot of stuff i feel like they could have explained in the story like sometimes how we complain about the data page being used to rush through the story yeah and also i feel like this page came out of nowhere like it really a letter you know yeah i thought it was like a letter to the editor yeah um before we get to the to the future and like finish up here i do really appreciate that during all that fight when they're having this serious uh telepathic conversation like all the humor in the fighting as well yeah like it's it was so perfectly handled i loved it it was serious and action and comedy 
perfectly balanced. Yes, definitely. Uh, so then we get to the future, which is my favorite shock of this book. This whole time we've been seeing this future cable, it wasn't the future cable we know. It was the current cable because he has the sword of Galador, right? Yeah. He has a sword. He kills some bad guys with it. And yeah, we end with that. So there's a lot you can insinuate from this. Like we thought we were watching the original cable. We're not. So is this still, is this saying, is this cable that stayed in his current timeline or is the cable that left his current timeline? I know. That's what I'm trying to figure out too. I don't, and it, it, it's not necessarily this version of Kid Cable either because it's time travel. So at any point that he picked up that sword, it would have put it in the future if he still had it. You know, like this could well, be that. Old Man Cable this, who kept the sword, you know, like I, I don't know for sure, but I, I get the feeling that it's the same cable that we've been following. Yeah. That's the feeling I had because the art was also a little a slightly different. Yeah, it felt it, it it looked more it looked more like this kid cable grown up and less like the old man cable we've already seen. Yeah. And and just so um, in the data page, pretty important that it seems like Stripe's plan is putting those other clones of cable in different timelines of cable. Yes. So this could be the beginning. Well, we did find out too. When did that when I don't know when this starts, but old man cable is getting his own book. Did we? I think I saw that the other day that they announced that like the original cable is getting a book. I didn't see that. Uh let's pause it real quick and I'll look it up and I'll edit this part out. Stop and we're back. And yes, people, Josh is a dirty liar. Um there's gotta no stop new, taking things so personally. There's those there's no um new cable book. Uh, he's a piece of garbage for lying to you, getting you excited. There is no cable book, I repeat. Or you can edit all this out. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know. Um, I might leave it in. <laughs> I might leave it in. That whole, the whole thing, the silence. The, the silence. The, the, uh, the other thing that we talked about. <laughs> all of it. It's all Black staying mail. in. Blackmail threats. It's all staying in. So yeah, I give that a four and a half X's. I really liked it. I, according to Comixology, gave it five X's. All right. All right, so that brings us now to New Mutants. New Mutants. All right, before you get into it, can I just flat out say I did not give two shits about the storyline with Moonstone and the whole fairy tale land stuff. Like every time I read it, it was one of those things where you're reading and then you aren't paying attention to what you're reading. True, true. It's first I, of all, it's Moonstar. Moonstar, sorry. <laughs> Moonstone's a different Marvel character. It is. That's why I was like, wait, that sounds like something else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds right, but not right. Anyway, so that's my preference with that, but continue. And we'll okay. So New Mutants number 17. Yep. Vita Alaya, maybe, and Rod Rice. And this is my second favorite book of, of our batch. Uh, Would have been first if Cable wasn't in it, though. So the story, or stories <laughs> there again it's new mutants so there are simultaneous stories going on at least three in this issue <laughs> at least three but one of them is quick yeah so we open with honestly a, a page that i screenshot sent to lady baltimore and then just said i am legitimately nervous <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like this i i after this one 
fucking scene, I was truly physically nervous. That's how much I care about this character. So the book opens up with fucking Rain Sinclair still unable to truly control her her Wolfsbane power in, in her grief that she cannot, that her son is alive, right? That's where we left yeah. off. Her son is alive and apparently doesn't want anything to do with her. So she's just in complete mourning. Well, she doesn't, we don't really exactly know why her son's not. We don't know. We don't know. And maybe he's, or whatever, yeah. we don't know. But in her mind, it is, he doesn't want me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, 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 he might not even be able to, maybe he's not truly alive and it's some kind of like fucking glitch. Who knows? I mean, he is what part fucking God. Yeah. Like who fucking knows? So Farouk shows up. Uh, the shadow King is there to take advantage of her grief. And just starts talking to her about understanding how she feels and that when he needed his dad the most, he was all alone and he feel, and then he goes on to say that like, since he's a telepath, he can feel her anguish so dearly and that he wants to get her help. And she fucking takes him up on it, man. Like, because she doesn't know what else to fucking do. She's desperate and someone's there for her, unlike her other friend. Um, And what she feels is like, unlike her other friends. Yeah. So she walks away and the art is so fucking beautiful in this too. But the last shot of her small wolf-like body with her tail and everything, walking next to gigantic, awful, awful creature Farouk is just... (laughs) Honestly, I was like chilling to me. So we get that story out of the way. Then we revisit uh, the, what's it called? The Holy Republic of Fae. Last we left Danny Moonstar and Karma. They were uh, being held prisoner by Merlin in Otherworld because they were there to find a runaway mutant. And so they were released to go retrieve something from Merlin's daughter who's Roma and in doing so then he will grant them whatever they like their asylum and they they won't be murdered and they can go find this kid so they go on this journey and they go through the the kingdom of Roma or what, what I forget what her name is called or her place is called Oh, there it is. The floating kingdom of Roma. Yeah, well, I guess I was right. So they, uh, they're going to steal this pot or this amulet thing. It's like a, I don't, what are they stealing? It's like a jar, I think. But they're there to retrieve this item from Roma's treasure. And as they're doing so, they're confronted by all the guards. And as they try to get away, I'm once again doing the, uh, story by story and not page by page uh as they escape these guards and they get into the treasure room and they get the thing they need who should appear but roma and so here i'm 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 stuck because i don't keep up with the with the magical goings of our x-men friends so i don't really know much of what happened to roma after she after the mutant massacre shit or Mm. you know like because she was the one when everyone thought the X-Men were dead and they were living in Australia, that was her. Like she helped make that Roma helped make that thing happen. And she saved them from being destroyed and whatever. So like for her to all of a sudden be like, mm, 
I'm calling you witch breed. I don't like really like mutants anymore. Like that's not really accurate to my understanding yeah. of who Roma used to be. So again, decades worth of shit has happened in between then. So I don't fucking know. But anyway, she strikes a counter deal with them and says that she will let them. I forget. What does she make them give? That, that's what I can't remember. Well, you're trying to remember that. I don't know what it is about my taste when it comes to particularly X-Men universe related stuff because I just don't care about magic when it comes to mutants. Like, I like books like Swamp Thing and Constantine. Yeah. And I love mystical stories, Midnight Suns and Marvel. For some reason, Excalibur and this storyline, I just phase out. Yeah, no, I hear you. So she doesn't, she doesn't make them do anything. She's just like... Oh no, the thing you want that that's meaningless. I just stole it to steal it. I would have given it back to him. I'm just being a jerk. Yeah. She's like, here, go find, go find your friend. I don't break this pot and I'll uh I'll I'll set you free. You don't don't worry about Merlin. So she gives them the tools they need and they they she sends them to where this other mutant whose name also is Josh uh is hanging out with one of his friends, but his friend happens to be like a vampire creature. So uh, when <laughs> like you do, like you do. So when Moonstar and, and Karma, when Danny and Karma find find him, they think he's in danger from this vampire, and he's like, "No, man, this is my friend." And he has this long conversation with them about not wanting to go back to Krakoa, and his rationale of like when they tell him, "Listen, if you die here, that's it." He's like, "So what? That's how I've lived all my life already. Like, like I like it here." And no one looks at me like I'm a freak here. Like even in Krakoa, I'm still kind of seen as a freak. I look like a fucking devil. So like he just stays. And so they basically tell him he has to check in with them every week and that he can live there. So that's how that story wraps up. And then the other storyline that happens in this new mutants episode follows our youngest mutants, Anol. Cosmer, Waterboy, and No Girl or Nowhere Girl. I forget what her name is. Um, is it right? Nowhere Girl, right? No, it's just No Girl. My bad. No Girl? Oh. Yeah, I just looked at it. What do I know? Uh, you were blanked out, man. You don't know. Listen. So they are practicing some of the shit that uh, the Shadow King taught them, which is how to like transfer their consciousness to one another so that they can use each other. Yeah, powers. I was surprised. I thought only they could do that because of Shadow King. Um, so I think what's happening is I think it's no girl's powers that's allowing them to do it a little bit, but also what they're doing is more, more akin to what Ileana was also showing them, which is how to combine their powers. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of mixing it with some of the shit that Shadow King did, which I think is where like the whole idea of like taking over a conscious body come or an unconscious body comes in. So that's basically what they're doing. They're trying to find a way to combine their powers and such that they can animate something that wasn't animated and they try it with a flower and it doesn't work and they're getting, they're upset. So they're like, all right, you know what would work a dead body? Cause that's how kids think, you know, they're like, let's go get a dead body. Yeah. What is, this is where it got weirdly dark. Well, they were hanging out with shadow King. Also, I think, I think the bleakness of it is in the fact that we see these kids 
just so nonchalantly be like, yeah, let's go get a body from the body farm. Like what this idea of immortality is already doing to, to younger kids. Yeah. And it's desensitizing them to the idea that like, you're going to go grab the body of somebody who you knew, you know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> so they go to ask Laura if she can help them go to X factor and get a, a body. And she basically tells them, I think what you're doing is kind of, sick yo like she's like the voice of reason was like i don't i don't think that's a good idea and an old gets pissed and starts yelling at her that like you can pass as human and i can't and that's why i gotta do this for some reason this part kind of felt out of place a little bit yeah it 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 felt like it came out of nowhere and that's honestly where their story ends like he basically takes off to say he's gonna do it himself but i on one hand, it's it's kind of out of nowhere. On the other hand, it is showing that this little group of mutants who can't pass, Anol, Cosmer, Waterboy, and No Girl, are growing more um, antisocial and more resentful. And I'm pretty sure that has a lot to do with Shadow King. And I think that's why they're kind of more aggressive and in, 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 in easily angered Hmm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna guess that this has a lot to do with shadow king's influence that's fair maybe because that was the same remember it was shadow king that convinced cosmer to go ask danny to fucking kill her in the goddamn crucible so she could come back as a normal person or normal looking person like that was shadow king who made her do that so anyway i gave it four x's most of those X's came from uh, my emotional attachment to Rain Sinclair. Uh, I gave it three X's. Oh, that's way better than I thought you were going to say. Um, mainly, it goes because, like, one one is definitely for the first story that only lasted two pages, but I, I care about that one. Yeah. And I'm intrigued in the the other story with the, the kids. Yeah. And I don't know oh, about the other one. I missed a, I missed the last beat. Sorry. The storyline that they set up now is that um, Karma's twin brother, whose fucking name just flew right out of my head, um, is going to come back. They're going to like try to bring him back. And that's pretty crazy because he's evil or generally evil. And the thing that was that started all that was when Danny was projecting that white rabbit that led them the way karma is thinking that that was actually her twin brother because they used to read all these fairy tales. And he loved this particular one about a white rabbit, despite the fact that that was literally the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland and not the fairy tale that, that karma was explaining. But needless to say, at some point her, her twin brother's coming back. Yes. All right. So next up, we have X Force number 19. My least favorite book of the week. Um, not my least favorite, but a damn close because, like, listeners, let me put it this way the next issue after Hellfire, after Hellfire Gala of X Force is a make or break issue. So, is it on the chopping block or not? Yeah. And it's going to be on the chop. If you chop it, I'm chopping it. So that means it's gone yeah. from the podcast. Yeah. And it, because and that will be the first one. Officially we, gone. Yeah. That we decided we're just not covering. Yeah. 
And hey, Wolverine, trust me, is getting very close. Um, because in a nutshell, I can just say Kid Omega got his confidence back and beat the evil version of himself psychically the end. Yep. I can just stop there. I, I will go into more detail, but there's not much fucking more than that. And, I, and I'm going to tell you right now, if this fucking artist stays around, I'm done. Oh, my God. Oh, okay, opening page. That's Gene? That, this art. Again, I can't draw, but no one's fucking paying me to. Who the fuck is paying this person to draw? Like, look at look at the whole first page. It's just the bottom corner. Yes. Looks terrible. Like nothing is proportional or why did this one girl turn to a, a blow-up doll? Why is she a blow-up doll? I don't know. It's fucking awful to look at like i this art was so atrocious to me that i could barely read it like i didn't even want to read the words because it made me look at these fucking grotesque pictures and not of the things that were supposed to be grotesque yeah like just the the regular characters that we know and love so in a not as quick version Gene is now helping Kid Omega fight off the evil version of himself. Um, Gene trains him after seeing his personality. He's, he's a little more mature, finally. And she says, fine, I'll teach you some secret mind space stuff. Fuck to fight off. This what is this shit, too? I, this storyline is dumb as fuck. Because, one, are you telling me this whole time Kid Omega didn't know how to do this shit? Really? I, mean, I, can, I can buy it. Because he's so cocky, he probably didn't think there was anything he didn't know. That's fair. Right. But um, what I don't buy is this like ham-fisted hero's journey. Like it's fucking. She's maturing because he's a girlfriend now. Whatever. This story <laughs> sucks. It does. Uh, Gene takes him to this weird cavern to help focus his mind in the dream space. They called it right or dreamscape. Dreamscape, I think. Dreamscape. Yeah. I don't know. Which. <laughs> What's the difference between Dreamscape and the Astral Plane? I didn't read enough of this to know because I couldn't look at the art. God. <laughs> so she's teaching him tricks while Gene and Domino go off to actually find the fortress where these bad guys are hiding. Uh, he fights off the old version of himself while he's trying, while the bad version of himself is trying to mind control Tom Cassidy. Eventually, they have a mind fight while Gene and Domino find the real body, which is an old man body for some reason. Old Frankenstein body of because Kid it's Omega. Like pieced together and haphazardly done and shit. Sure. And whatever. Uh, he shoots the old version of himself with a psychic gun, psychically in the astral plane. The end. Yeah. That's basically it. Like nothing, it nothing fucking yeah. happened. One fucking X. One and a half X's. If I could give zero X's, I would. If I could give negative X's, I would. <laughs> this that is one of my least favorite issues of any X-Men book that we've read in quite some time. Yes. This Good. might be, honestly, I have the new award for worst storyline, I think. Kinda. Like this made this made Fallen Angels look like a fucking a cat like an Academy Award. That's what I was just gonna say. Like Fallen Angels, like at least the storyline was trying to do something yeah. different. And it like 
generally stayed consistent. In yeah, like, I don't, I don't know what the story was. Good fucking a Lord. placeholder for Hellfire Gala. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know if this fucking person is drawing X Force's Hellfire Gala. That's gonna be awful. Better not. Not with those suits. Good fucking lord. All right. So All next right. up, we have X Men Legends number three. So another thing, um, this issue made me feel like we don't have to cover X Men Legends. <laughs> oh, 100 We do not have to. Yeah. It's, it's never going to have anything to do with Krakoa or the whatever you, whatever it is you say in the beginning when we're covering the new line of whatever whatever. Uh, it, no, it's it's definitely it's always going to be set in the older universe. Well, also, I always feel like I'm missing something. It's books you are. I did. Yeah, I didn't read the books growing up. Not these particular stories. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like I'm being thrown in into a story I didn't read part one or two or three. I, I agree. And I agree with you, and I think it's way worse in this one because it opens in the middle of the fucking fight. Yeah. Um, I also again this. This book honestly came out before I was into X Men because I, I mean it came out in the eighties. I was yeah because this is like the X Factor time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, but I do I do know a bit about it. So, to give you backstory, this is after Mutant Massacre and right pretty much right after Inferno. So okay. that's kind of where we are in the world of things right now. Uh. Yeah, so the story takes place is again written. One of the things I love about X Men Legends is they legit get the old creators to tell a story that is cool. Yeah, that they wanted to tell or didn't tell or had an idea for, but never you know went anywhere with. And it's pretty cool. And this one is uh, Louise Simonson and Walt Simonson or Wheezy Louise Wheezy Simonson, um, which is cool. It's cool to have the Simonsons back. Always good to see Walt Simonson's art. Um, I will say one of the cool things is I at no point did I feel like uh, Louise Simonson lost how to write these characters. Like she, it literally, it literally did feel like we were in the middle of a series that was going on already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it felt so fucking natural. So the plot is Archangel is fighting Cameron Hodge who is under the control of uh apocalypse apocalypse thank you and so he he defy he defeats but defeats he archangel defeats cameron hodge and because he's archangel now he basically fucking cuts his goddamn head off yes. and uh apocalypse scoops up the head of cameron hodge and just starts you know he sets him up brings him back so he's conscious again and starts talking shit to him for most of the issue which is you know very old school apocalypse yeah. uh the other the other what's happening elsewhere is gene and scott are having their oh fuck we have to be parents now uh moments uh gene is wrestling with everything that just happened in inferno which is all of a sudden having a son and now having both the phoenix back and madeline Pryor's memories i did like that little moment where she's like i'm dealing with madeline Pryor and phoenix yeah i need a second like all right yeah that's true yeah if it Give a give our what is it called dissociative? It's not multi. It's not bipolar. Not bipolar. What's the one where you multiple personalities? What's that one? Used multiple personality disorder. Yeah, but they don't call it that anymore, though. I forget what they call it. Oh, I, I think it. I think it's dissociative. Um. So anyway, that's what she's going through. Uh, 
And so they're having this sweet, tender moment when look out beast and Iceman are coming back from a mission and the ship is turning on them. It's crushing them and, and they can't get out. And so this starts a big battle with ship, which was for a long time, the X factor headquarters, they stole it from apocalypse in a, an early X factor tale. And basically it's sentient. It's, 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 AI that is very much alive. It's before, you know, a lot of other, you know, namely Iron Man was doing that shit. And so it's like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm running these diagnostics. I don't want to be killing you all, but I'm trying to kill everybody. And so they're fighting the ship while also trying to get to the, basically the plug to restart it at the, <laughs> yeah. at the center of the ship. And all the while apocalypse is watching this because this is a day and age when like every supervillain was able to just watch whatever the x-men were doing oh yeah same thing in power rangers like somehow rita would be able to see what the rangers are doing it's like how what What do you do (laughs) where are you getting this camera (laughs) like what is happening like I, i i don't think i ever truly thought that through until like now because it's not a trope that we really do anymore yeah. Unless there is a can, unless there's an established camera in the, in the area or a drone or something, so Apocalypse is watching all this and saying, "Well, if these X Men are truly as fit as I want them to be, they will be able to stop ship, and and that is what I want. Only the fittest mutants. Oh, they're having a hard time stopping ship. I don't like them. I'm got, we, now we have to kill them and ship. And so he gives Cameron Hodge this gigantic fucking robot body." And tells him, you got to go kill X-Factor, man. That's what you want to do anyway. You go kill X-Factor and I'll give you a human-ish body, I guess. So yeah. he uh, he does that. And as X-Factor is finally getting into the mainframe room to restart the, the CPU, uh, what should happen but fucking Cameron Hodge shows up out of nowhere. Oh, no, they, I'm sorry. They did save the day, didn't they? Yeah, okay. They reset the modem and then Cameron Hodge showed up. My mm. bad. So they blew up whatever they needed to blow up. Now they're all hanging out on ship, having a good time. Beast is throwing around baby cable. So we have kid cable. Now we got baby cable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that's when Apocalypse sends in robot Cameron Hodge. And we end there. And issue four will be robot Cameron Hodge versus X Factor. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed it because it was fun to go back to a simpler time of X-Men. It was it uh, simpler, <laughs> but was it simpler? Um, I love seeing the old school art. That was, that was fun. Uh, I gave it three X's though. Cause overall, again, it, I had to like recenter myself and be like, okay, when is this taking place? Like what is happening? Yeah. or what has happened it would have been nice to have a little page refresher you know like yes something. again like i i think i think it's pretty fucked up that they say editor's note this book takes place between whatever books but in no way give you a summary of those books like no. give me a fucking summary dude um now that i think about it was there a summary in the beginning i don't think there was or was it just literally a summary of X Factor? I think it was literally just a summary of the X Factor team coming together. I don't think it was like where they are in. There is no summary in my book. Yeah, oh, wait, no. no. 
a few pages in and when he rips his head off. Yeah. Okay, so they they do give a story. Okay, they do give a back story to, to what the X Factor is. Is and then the, the the one most immediately, which is Apocalypse took off his wings. Now he has metal wings and uh he wants to kill Hodge. But not like, good enough. <laughs> but no, it's not because so like to throw you into like the post Inferno story. Also, like there's a lot of history already between Apocalypse and X Factor and and this thing called Ship, which no modern reader is going to remember Ship. I you know what was going on. Like so, something for that would have been cool. But anyway, three X's for that reason. Two X's for that reason. For that reason, (laughs) that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) So So, yeah. yeah. That <laughs> jinx. Um, <laughs> One of us has to host this podcast, <laughs> and that's generally you. So go. <laughs> it is. Uh, so yes, that is all we have for this week. This is a some would say a bad batch, um, and uh, <laughs> it's a really good show so far. I guess I should have so, did this. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think Cable's strong, but everything else is for me kind of felt a little flat, like kind of hit and miss with New Mutants. But the other two are just not good. Um, I, I see. I I disagree that X Men Legends isn't good. I think it's good for its time period. Oh, yes, and it sets out. It does its job. Yes, it it's it did its job perfectly. But it it's very difficult if you don't know exactly what's happening already. I was more confused because I didn't realize I got the variant cover and the variant cover. Oh, let me. What is what is going on? I hate. Like it basically looks like the '90s mutants oh. fighting Apocalypse. Or fighting a sentinel, and above it is the House of X design. Yeah, yeah, that which um, makes no sense. That has nothing to do with the story. No, not at all. Different which eras is, in every sense is what variants are. Which is why I hate variants because they're. Just, also, they're, I didn't realize it said variants, so I was yeah. really confused. Yeah, no, no, I know you didn't pick it for that reason, but that's why I disliked it because, like, what yeah. the fuck is this for? So and, I think our next batch of books should be kind of like a prelude into the Hellfire Gala. I think so. So I know we have X Corp, the issue one, finally. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, X Factor, Wolverine, and that's all I know what's sitting in my pile somewhere. Okay, so I have here, the next four that I have are Hellions 11, Marauders 20, Children of the Atom 3, and X Core 1. Sounds like a good batch. I don't know where Wolverine falls into that. Though. I'll look at my stack. If I have it, we'll add it in. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you're curious, when we mentioned doing a Spider-Man podcast last week, we are still uh, talking about it. We have some fun ideas that hopefully you will be joining us for in the near future. Yeah. Josh, until then, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter. I, I haven't been there lately, and I, I apologize for that. Don't. Or maybe, Or maybe you're welcome um but you can find me on twitter i'm at xbrarian it's librarian with an x Nick, I mean, when you're on twitter you imagine books being announced that haven't been announced i don't know it's, apparently i go on twitter apparently i go on twitter and just make shit up <laughs> you see um, what you want to see <laughs> you know what i'm gonna post it um anyway nick where can they find you on the internet you can find me at madman3005 you can also find a youtube channel dedicated to tokusatsu uh, where you can watch my reviews of different Power Ranger and Common Rider related TV shows at the Black Ranger Review on YouTube. And yeah, I got to start putting a link to that again in the show notes. 
Eh, I haven't done anything in a while, to be honest, but right. I will eventually. Next time you update something, send me the link, so I'll put it in the show notes. Will do. Do the do. Anyway, um, that's that's on the end. That's like the <laughs> fifth archaic '90s reference you've made. I'm a little high. That's. I mean, I am too. But dude, get it together. Get it the fuck together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get us out of here. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, and wherever you identify as, we will see you next time.